welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzee. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Karen Lindsay, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. And NetHealth and I want to talk about something important, patients and their outcomes, specifically how great it is when your whole practice is rallied around a solid outcomes management program. Aside from having the power to influence better patient results, you have the right data to assess clinical performance, oversee quality, assess and mentor clinicians, understand patient sentiment, and market to referring physicians. So if you love to nerd out on this kind of talk, just like I do, the best industry event around, Outcomes Management, is happening from October 23rd to the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it is the Clinical Outcomes Summit. Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast listeners get a huge discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150. So at that rate, go ahead and bring your entire team, bring your friends. Go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY, that's L-I-T-Z-Y. Now on to today's episode. I welcome back Dr. Jenna Cantor, and this was one of her live interviews from CSM, which was back in January in D.C., and in this episode, she speaks to Dr. Dwayne Scotty. He is a physical therapist, educator, researcher, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy in the Cheshire-Wallington, Connecticut region. He is considered a leader in the fields of rehab, sports medicine, performing arts medicine, and human performance optimization. With years of experience as a physical therapist, runner, and dance instructor, in combination with his strength and conditioning background, Dwayne has been working with many patients to improve all aspects of human performance. He is currently the founder of Spark Physical Therapy, providing prehab, rehab, and performance optimization services, either on-site or in the comfort of your home, like I said, in the Cheshire-Wallington, Connecticut region. He's also clinical assistant professor in the Department of Physical Therapy at Quinnipiac University, responsible for coordinating and teaching musculoskeletal examination, intervention, and advanced manual therapy within the orthopedic curriculum. And in this episode, he and Jenna talk about how to decide which social media platform is right for your marketing strategy, what social media content will build the best loyal customers, and the benefits of scheduling out social media content in advance. So a huge thanks to Dwayne and to uh, Jenna for a great interview on how to integrate social media into your private practice. And all of you out there, uh, please enjoy. Hello, this is Jenna Cantor with Dwayne Scotty, a physical therapist from Connecticut, who is joining me today on Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. And today we're talking about doing a specific niche on social media and really just nailing it. You are nailing it, Dwayne. So first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is uh, awesome. Um, I'm very uh, happy to be able to talk to you about this topic today. 
Yes. So I would love to know first, how did you choose what social media platform you were going to put most energy on? Also, I've seen you on Instagram, but you may also be on other platforms. And I would just love for you to expand on that. Great question. Um, When I was looking into kind of getting into social media and using it as a platform, I thought about what is my audience, right? So most of the patients that I treat are um, adolescents. So I basically treat gymnasts, runners, and dancers, and a lot of them are on Instagram. So I, you know, started the Instagram account and started learning everything I could learn about Instagram, but their parents are on Facebook. So a lot of, you know, their parents are on Facebook and there's different groups on Facebook. So that's been beneficial um, from that standpoint. So those are really the two platforms that I utilize. I do have a Twitter, but I haven't used it. Um, primarily because that's more for professional and other PTs and that's not really my target audience. Right, right, absolutely. I, I like how you hit the nail on the head regarding Twitter specifically. I'm not as active myself. I have some things set up where it automatically posts, but my heart isn't there because that's, like you said, not where my target audience is and I like how you bring that up. So how does your content differ from Facebook where the parents are to Instagram where the kids are? There's not too much differences in terms of I do post the same content basically to both platforms. The messaging is a little different if I'm sharing it to a group. So specifically at our local dance studio, we have a closed group. Um, So my messaging is going to be a little bit different, kind of targeting the parents and looking out for their dancer, um, as well as the stories on Instagram. So the stories on Instagram are a little different, but the posts, the content posts that I I do on a daily basis, they are going to be the same post that just instantly goes over to Facebook and I'll shoot it over there um, from Instagram. And you just mentioned this a little bit about you have kids who are going to these schools, these these dance schools. There's there's a relationship you already have with these parents that's helping you build these groups. Would you mind elaborating a little bit more on how that came about? Yeah, so, well, I guess first off, I do have uh, two daughters. One is a dancer, one's a gymnast. Um, Shout out to you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so so they are at, you know, the local gym, the local dance studio um, that I've been affiliated with a while. I also taught at the local dance studio. Um, so I was a dance instructor there. And, you know, obviously those relationships, the families, they kind of have known me and trusted me for years and have helped out their dancers before. Um, so those are kind of how those relationships have been built. Um, It's really more of me just being present and being there for, you know, picture day. And, you know, I'm there doing, you know, kind of complimentary screenings and things of that um, sort. So you kind of develop that rapport and relationship with the families where you kind of earn their trust um, that you're going to be kind of looking out for their um, dancer. You know, you hit upon something that I think is so valuable. I actually interviewed Karen Litzy the other day for her own podcast, (laughs) this podcast in which we are interviewing for right now. And she was talking about these relationships and how she just lives her life. And through the things that she's already passionate about, she's made these relationships and helped those relationships grow. And it sounds like that's what you have hit upon. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, relationships are everything. And from a practitioner standpoint, yes, to your relationship with your patient and their families are important, but then expanding beyond that. And, you know, things are a lot different in the healthcare world than when I first graduated. You know, it, it was prior to direct access um, time and everything was about trying to foster that relationship with your referring physician. 
Now it's a completely different animal. You know, my relationships that I'm fostering with are the communities in which I surf. So looking at the gymnastics community, it's the relationship with the coaches, right? And having, you know, I'm just thinking about the first facility that I started in. It was talks with coaches, not just one saying, oh, yeah, I'm a physical therapist. Let me treat your gymnast. But it was many talks, many conversations. You develop that rapport, that relationship. And then that turns into hey, can you help this, you know, gymnast out? Oh, we have another one. Can you help this one out? And then you, you kind of foster that relationship over time. And then you wind up seeing, you know, your practice or your business kind of grow from that standpoint. And it, it's really kind of getting into our communities. And for me, at least, that has been successful is having those relationships with, you know, the dance studio owners, the gym owners, um, now we're um, treating out of an um, aerial silk studio. So really kind of, you know, you, you develop that relationship and then they recommend your services to people that are in their circle, right? In their business because they trust you. So I, I think those relationships are definitely, definitely important for kind of long-term success. Yeah, and it just makes it more enjoyable because you honestly enjoy each other. Right. And right. so it's, it, yeah, I think that's great. So let's go back to the social media stuff. Okay. Your content itself. I mean, I've seen the video of you dancing with your daughter, which was, what was it? The diggy? There was the Kiki challenge. The Kiki. <laughs> yeah. And that, I think your, that video pretty much went viral. Am I correct? Yeah. That one uh, was definitely my best uh, performing video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. It was something that, you know, a lot of people were doing that. And I think, uh, you know, you saw on the news, like a dentist had done it. I was like, you know what, we should do this as a physical therapist and just showcase what physical therapists do. So, you know, my daughter's a dancer and she was uh, interested. I said, Gabby, let's uh, do it. Let's uh, do, do a little dance. So we just kind of put it together real quick. And then um, that was fun. And it's that's the thing I do like about social media. That's really needs you can have fun with it. Yes. Right. So it's yes, we are professionals and we always have professional interactions with our patients, but we also have fun with them. Right. And we, we're human. We're people. Yeah. Um, so just kind of showing some of that human side, I think, has been definitely beneficial. And, you know, if you look at your insights on, you know, Facebook or Instagram, the posts that do the best are the ones where I am not trying to be super serious and I'm not showing the best technique and the best tool in my toolbox that I know. It's more of me just being genuine and it's more of, you know, doing a silly dance or, you know, a picture, a picture with the family or, you know, something that's kind of outside the box. Yeah. Um, Let's people feel more connected to you. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Those relationships. <laughs> Let's go into more on Instagram because Instagram, they, unlike Facebook, Facebook, you can schedule posts for free. Instagram, you can't. Right. So are you using one of those paid pl paid for platforms to post or do you just post daily? And what is your schedule that you abide by to be consistent? And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, NetHealth, and get right back to Dwayne's answer. Let's talk about something important patients and their outcomes. If you love to nerd out on this kind of talk like I do, the best industry event around outcomes management is happening from October 23rd to the 25th, and it's the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It's hosted by Photo, but it's not just for photo clients. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. And the best part, healthy, wealthy, and smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150. At that rate, go ahead and bring your entire team. 
go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. That's L-I-T-Z-Y. Hope to see you there. Well, you hit a really important point is that consistency is key with Instagram and Facebook. It is one of those things. And it's just like anything we do in life, habit, right? Exercise goals, running goals, whatever it is, getting to the gym. You got to be consistent. And I don't know, people have heard different things, what, like two or three weeks to form a habit. And then it becomes, you know, a habit. And for me, that's been helpful where now it's just part of my daily routine and scheduling it in advance and doing batching and kind of putting videos together, putting, you know, writing, you know, batching all your posts together is definitely helpful. makes it easier. Um, but unfortunately Instagram does not have, like you said, where you can schedule out your posts. So you do need to post it. Then I have heard of other platforms that you can utilize to put your posts in, but it still will send you a reminder to your phone saying this post is ready to go. And then you have to open Instagram and actually post it. Um, So that is the limitation in terms of time management. So it is, quote unquote, work where you need to think about it. Hey, I have to post on this day. Um, And I've thought about and, you know, maybe in the future trying to delegate a little bit of that out just to ease a little of the burden of having to do that. Um, And I actually trialed that. Shout out to Nikki um, when I was on vacation. Hi, Nikki. I don't know who you are, but thank you. (laughs) She did an awesome job, and I wrote all the posts in advance, and she did that posting for me um, when I was out of the country, and I couldn't post. So I think it's a doable model, but you still need to write the post. And because I think, again, going back to being human and genuine, right? So a lot of these bigger business, you know, they have marketing people who are are doing their posts, but you can tell it's more from a, a marketing angle and standpoint. It's not that person being genuine and who they right. are. You're like, oh, so, that was so eloquently said. <laughs> I don't know if we'd go out for coffee, but good, good job. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that is, you know, on Facebook, they do have the scheduling. But if you're going to wind up posting an Instagram again, like I said, you can just shoot it over to Facebook then. So uh, I, unfortunately, I don't have a scheduling system that will just like send them all out. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which would be nice. <laughs> yes, yes. And then for the content preparation, do you pretty much uh, do pre- like on Sundays you prepare for the week or do you kind of do daily? What what's this, Do you have a system for that yet or how do you do that? So I don't do that specifically on Sundays, but on Sundays I do iron all my outfits for the week. So you buy clothes that you need to iron? That's lesson number one. <laughs> You're supposed to buy shirts that are iron free. Like you don't need an iron. So let's start there. I now move on to now move on to the the uh, creating of, of content. Yeah. So it's really whenever I have free time. So there's no specific day where I'm like, okay, Sunday is the day that I'm going to do all it. It's whenever I have a chunk of time, then I have a calendar. Um, you know, I have a plan for what's going to be coming out when, and then it's a matter of all right, I'm going to do these videos, whether I'm going to write some captions in the videos, if I'm adding music, whatever the case may be. And then I have all those ready to go. So that's like my videos ready to post folder on my phone there. Um, and then I will have the write-ups. So then whenever I have free time, it's like, okay, let's write up this post, that post, that post. And so then it's kind of done in advance. Ideal world is I would have like a full week's worth of content. And I found that is so much better because it's not stressful thinking about, because your day's busy, right? So I teach during the day, I'm, you know, doing the practice in the evenings and on the weekends. And 
you know, if I get to the point where it's, oh, I don't have a poster today, like it's very stressful. And then you have to, you have the pressure of coming up with something right yeah. on the spot. <laughs> and so having it in advance is a lot easier where it's ready to go. The writing's done, the posts are actually done, the videos are done. And then it's a matter of just literally opening up the platform and hitting the plus button and yeah. there's your video and copy paste, boom, 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 send. And then you're off and running. Yeah, and you're you're hitting upon why I'm actually considering investing in an Instagram, a paid for platform to post for Instagram because that this is where the value of being able to schedule it out right. really comes in because right. you could schedule it out for a year. Right. I mean, imagine that you just hammer it out. You know, for you, you're like, I love you, children. You go play. You get to watch movies this whole weekend while I create content and then you pull them in you say hey you know what i would like you to create choreography to five songs so then you could do the family thing a couple Mm -hmm. times but yeah so that i think that is a key thing to maybe even tap on i'm actually brainstorming for myself not even giving you advice (laughs) because for me instagram personally is a platform that i'm just about to start going for i took the time with facebook first I'm very on top of that. And now Instagram is my next target to like create those habits. So it's really good for me as a practitioner to hear what you're doing, what your experiencing is, experience is and how possible it is. Right. Which So thank you. Right. Yeah, I know. And, and Instagram, you know, it is a little different from Facebook in that I feel like you need to write a little less and attention spans are a little different on Instagram. Um, so the formats to, for the videos are different. Right. Right. So... You know, those things are different and obviously the hashtags are important on Instagram, whereas Facebook, they're not. So, you know, knowing which, you know, tags to use um, can help bring your reach to a wider audience and kind of your target audience. So you you do have to give some thought to the actual tags that you are going to use um, on Instagram, which I think helps, you know, get your stuff seen. Yeah. How did you find the hashtags for you? Because you can sit there and say hashtag dance and see that a lot of people post dance. But if you're going to really target the people in your area, how did you get those hashtags? So I I do some local hashtags. Um, So looking at towns, right? So Wallingford, Connecticut, Cheshire, Connecticut. Um, So I will, you know, North Haven, Connecticut, and we'll look at those um, local tags. And yeah, it's always, and I don't know if anyone really truly knows the answer to the algorithm, Um, (laughs) but it is, you know, do you go with the hashtags that have the most numbers or because there's so many things posted on them anyway, like your stuff's never going to be seen? Or do you go with some that aren't maybe, you know, in the millions or the hundreds of thousands of So you, you can know, get numbers. into your niche. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So just trying to, I try to make them relevant to whatever the post is and then relevant to my target audience. And, you know, looking at if it is something on the ankle and, you know, ankle pain or maybe someone's searching for that or ankle sprain, um, it might use those tags. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much. And I, I, my last question will be, do you consider yourself an expert on social media? Definitely not. <laughs> and that is where I think it's perfect to end. For all you practitioners, we have worked so hard to get our licenses, to work on these patients in physical therapy, or honestly, in any health career that you are pursuing, you don't need to be an expert. You just need to start. And the more you do, the more curious you get, and the more you will learn. And Duane Scotty here is definitely a perfect example of that. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing your knowledge. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And a big thank you to Jenna and to Dwayne for coming on and sharing 
his experience with social media and a lot of great tips for us all. And, you know, I had the chance to speak with Dwayne at CSM, and he's just lovely, just a lovely human being. So thank you very much for coming on. And, of course, thank you to NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. And, again, NetHealth, along with Photo, which is Focus on Therapeutic Outcomes, are hosting the Clinical Outcomes Summit October 23rd to the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it is all about celebrating, examining, and defining outcomes management. Like I said, it's hosted by Photo, but it's not just for Photo clients. It's a gathering of anyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive changes for their patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. Healthy, wealthy, and smart podcast listeners get a huge discount on the registration Go to OutcomesNerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. And hopefully we will see you in Knoxville in October. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.